Thank you for joining us for our Renewal City Church podcast. If you're looking for ways to get involved, join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roxy Theater in Longview. Or find us online at rcclongview.org. We hope you're blessed and that this message finds you well. Hey guys, good morning. Okay, um, so we went on our mission trip and it was a blast. Um, what? Oh yeah, the cursor's right in the middle. And then Brody, you can come down and like hang out with us. Thanks. Okay, so our camp is a little bit unique. I'm sure you guys have heard us in bits and pieces talk about it, but um, it is a four-day camp where we actually do like trainings and classes during camp. It's kind of wild. Uh, it's in Cascade, Idaho. These kids, like, it's fun, but it's also a lot of work. We're doing classes, like, at a camp. Um, uh, we've got, like, workshops and testimony training and all, all the things. Uh, and then we have six days where we go on outreach. And this year we chose to go to Tacoma, Washington. So usually we go a little bit further. This year we chose to stay home-ish. <laughs> uh, it made our drive a lot shorter. And we got to, you know, see a community not totally unlike ours where we got to then minister to people. Uh, it was a really cool chance to um, be close but see the need in a different way. Um, and so we're just going to highlight what we happened, what happened at camp, and then we'll move on to what happened at outreach. Uh, there's kind of two separate parts. And so uh, one of the things that happened while we were at camp is we got to uh, have our speaker be Marty. And so for you guys, Marty probably doesn't mean much, but Marty is really good friends with our missionary in India. He actually did his DTS in Cascade, Idaho. And so he has become a good friend of David and I's. So the first year we did this three years ago, he was the uh, director of camp. And so he got to be our speaker this year. And the man has so much experience and wisdom in the world of evangelism. I mean, the stories that he tells are unlike anything. Uh, he is experiencing God moving in big ways all over the world. And so he got to be our speaker. And one of the things uh, is, you know, these two, do you guys want to stand up and share your shirts? Look at this. Look at these cool shirts they gave us for camp this year. All right. You guys know the verse? Does anyone know what verse that's from? Yeah. But we, do we know what the what uh, chapter of a book it's from? Psalm 34. Okay, so that's verse 8. <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, verse 8. Um, and then I'm going to have one of our students just read the whole chapter of Psalm 34. And so I'm going to pass it over to Kalea. I'll extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I'll be the glory in the Lord. Let the affiliated hear and rejoice. Glory the Lord with me. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me all. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The, Lord, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his only his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. 
The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will listen. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you, who, yeah, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to, those, to, to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes and the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one takes refuge in him will be condemned. Thanks, Kalia. So we actually took 13 students to camp, plus Finn Alexi. Whoop, whoop, Finn. Yeah. Yeah, he got to be with the big kids for, he lasted until what, Monday? It was a long time he was gone. Uh, and then we had three more students on outreach come and join us, uh, and then two of our adult volunteers. So Jamie Robinson and Ryan Motes came and joined us at camp as well. Oh, yeah. yeah yes. I've, dude, I totally, you were slinging sandwiches and everything. Yes. I'm so sorry. I, yes. I, yes. It's because I said three students, and again, he's like a Finn Alexi. He's not quite there, but he is. He's, he's one of our younger epic kids. So, sorry, Connor. Forgive me? I mean, yeah. Okay, thanks. He has to, right? It's, yeah. Um, and so it was a cool opportunity because we got to have students and uh, kids <laughs> and then some adults come and join us in Tacoma. So I'm going to have these students uh, say their names just so, you know, you can meet them. But there was more that came that couldn't be here today. What's your name? Yeah, you can say your name and your grade or whatever. Okay, I'm Kalia. I'm Hayden. I'm Jenna. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Jude. I'm Maya. I'm Brody. I'm Finn. 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 <laughs> I'm David. We also did team building exercises at camp and they didn't go great. <laughs> I don't think it was us. I think some of them were actually impossible. I, David and I were like, no, we got this. I was like, I don't, I, God, I know you can do impossible things, but this actually feels quite impossible. Um, okay, so Marty used Psalm 34 to then share that uh, <clears throat> we can taste God's goodness we can see the truth, we can feel his presence, we can smell the justice, and we can hear the call. And it was kind of this idea that we, do we really believe that God is actually good? Do we trust that his goodness is real? And then he really uh, challenged us to seek how his good news is actually good news for all people. So that was just a, it was really challenging, I felt like, for our group. It was a little bit deeper dive than some of the years previous, um, and I was really proud of these guys. One thing that's unique at camp that we do every year is that we have an hour carved out every morning at camp to spend time with God, and we call that PB&J, Prayer Bible Journal. And so I'm going to have Maya share uh, just something cool that she got on her PB&J time at camp. 
Okay, so, um, I dance a lot, um, and I was trying out this new thing. It's, like, a form of ballet, but it's, like, the hardest it gets. Um, and I was working at it for a long time, um, and it's not easy. Um, but, like, I had signed up for private lessons and, um, <laughs> all the things. So, I had been working at this for a while, and during PB&J time in the morning, I felt like, like I was listening to worship music, and I could see myself dancing, but not in a ballet form at all whatsoever, in a lot of different forms, um, like in the more contemporary style, which is like a style of dance that like tells a story, um, and I felt like God was telling me, hey, this isn't for you. This isn't what you should be doing. I feel like there's a different way that you should be worshiping me. And ballet is not the form to be doing that. Um, and I got this, like, image of me and God dancing together in heaven. And, like, another one where I was dancing on a stage and I was doing ballet, like, the, the style that I've been working at. And um, it kind of looked dead, like not very interesting, not very fun. Like, I didn't look like I was having a good time. And then there was, like, another one where I was doing contemporary, and I was, like, there was, like, this, like, mist of, like, glow around me. Um, and I felt like Jesus was really speaking to me that there's a different way for me to be worshiping him, and that's through different forms of dance. So that was mine. But, yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes you sit there for an hour and you're like, all right, God, come and say something. And that's just one story of God meeting our students um, when they just carved out an hour every day to be focused um, in on him. Uh, I have a PB&J little thing, too. Uh, so we were reading out of Psalm 34. I have my electronic Bible, and I go to click on 34, and I accidentally click 24. And I was like, well, knowing God, this might not be by total accident. And so I start reading it, and I was... Like, just, it was things I had journaled, and uh, we had prayed about in different sessions and things, and it just fit perfectly, just how God ordains things and the way he does. Uh, and then that same day, our speaker actually shared from that chapter, and I was just like, what is happening? Um, it was just really wild, again, where I start to question, why do I get so surprised when God shows up, right? He is the God that shows up, and yet here I am, an adult, leading these students, and I'm like, whoa! God, you're crazy. Um, and he's like, no, this is just actually what I do. Um, okay, so another thing is Marty led us through something, and I'm going to have Alan kind of walk us together in that, okay? So here you go, Alan. I'm going to stand up for this so I can kind of pace and, yeah. Okay, I won't get too yeah. close. Um, so Marty had us do this session or throughout this whole session and stuff like hearing God in part. And he was like asking us to kind of like just listen. And so he read, um, Psalms 46, 10, um, be still and, and know that I am with you, that God is with you. Um, and so he had us do this exercise where he just, um, and I'm going to walk you guys through it. And so. 
we're all just all going to close our eyes. And we're just going to sit here and just like be silent. Just try to push every thought away in your head and just pretend like you're just sitting there, right? And just remember a moment where you just felt very close to like God or the Holy Spirit or just like Jesus. And you could just feel his presence like all over you and all around you. And then I just want you to sit there in that moment and just sit there. You're going to look for where you see God. Where is he? Is he sitting there? Can you just like feel him? Um, and then once you find him, you're just going to sit there and ask him a question. God, do you have anything you need to tell me right now? And just sit here for a second. Just ask him that question. So he had us do this, and um, I, this was one of the first times, like, I really felt like I could hear him, like, I could really tell, like, okay, this is, like, God, I, like, I know this is him talking to me. This isn't just, like, my head or something. And so I kind of just want to share my testimony and, like, how this goes with it. Um, so I have always grown up um, in Christian household. I've been here as long as I can remember and stuff, and it's always been, like, good, right? Like, oh, yeah, Jesus is my friend and stuff. And um, But it's never, like, really been my faith. Like, it was just, like, my family's faith, my friend's faith. Like, I'm just going to church, right? And, like, I knew him, but I didn't have a relationship with God. And um, so the first year that we went to YWAM, it would have been, like, two years ago, um, we went, and it was, like, a really cool experience, right? Like, I felt Jesus' presence, and it was really cool. But... I was like, okay, let's, like, start having a relationship with him. But I was like, let's do that tomorrow. Let's do that tomorrow. And that kept going on for, like, a year. And then we went to camp again last year. So that was the second year we went. And um, it, like, it was more like you just, like, pushed this off all year. And we're like, let's do this tomorrow until it just all of a sudden we're back here again, right where you were last year. And it was like, well, you messed up. Um but so then we go to camp again. It's just like another awesome experience. And this time I'm more like I'm putting more effort once I get back home into actually like having a relationship with him. But I still wasn't putting as much as I could. And so I'm putting more effort into it. Um, I'm like going to FCA and stuff. And I was leading talks. And there were times where I felt like I didn't even have the right to say what I was saying because like. I don't even, like, have the best relationship with him. And then he'd be like, oh, no, and stuff. Or then, like, he would say, like, no, you're, like, fine stuff. You're working for it. But I still just wasn't giving him everything. And then it was just a tough, like, year. Like, school was just different this year. It just, like, it felt like there was always a problem I was facing that even if I got past one problem, I'd just hit another. And I just kept feeling like I was so alone in all of this and like I couldn't tell anybody because I didn't want anybody to think of me differently. And so I just kept putting on like this happy face, like I'm doing good, how are you and stuff, and just like try and talk about the others and not talk about myself so that I don't have to talk about what's really going on. And I just kept going to school all happy and stuff. And But I wasn't like happy. I would get home and I'd just be like, I'm like, 
I don't understand what is going on right now. I just don't feel right. I remember one time at like track practice, we were just doing high jump, and then I was just like not feeling it, and like the teacher or coach Prothro could tell, and he like gave me a hug at one point. He was like, "Is it okay?" And I was like, "Not really, but I just think I need to go home." And he was like, "Okay," and so I went home, and um, so this just keeps happening. Where like I just keep feeling like I'm not like feeling right. I'm not feeling good. And I'm, like, working hard to, like, have a relationship and stuff with him. But I'm not really getting a lot farther. And so we go to camp. And um, Marty does this exercise with us that we just all did. And um, I, the moment for me was um, in 2020 when uh, my aunt passed away, Christina. Um, and we were driving home. And the, I'm just sitting there in the car, and um, this song plays on the radio, See a Victory by Elevation Worship. And it's just saying that, like, I'm going to see a victory. Like, no matter how bad this thing seems it was, like, God is going to use it for good. I'm going to see a victory from this. And that was where, like, I really felt God's presence. So that was the moment I went back to when Marty had us do this exercise. And I just felt like Jesus was just sitting in the seat in front of me. And, like, I asked him, is there anything you need to tell me? And he was like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I was like, well, yay, that's a great answer. But it also does not answer my questions at all, the, all the problems I've been having. But at the same time, it was like, well, I don't need to worry about that. Like, I realized I don't need to worry about this. He said it's going to be okay and that, like, I'm going to be okay. I don't need to just sit there and worry. I can just pray about it. And so then throughout just the rest of camp, like, it just felt so much more, like, it felt so different than it had before. And, like, I can tell now that, like, I have more of a relationship with him. And I'm, like, not going up against all these things alone. And it still doesn't always feel great. But, like, it's better with him. Because I don't have to face it alone. Good job, Alan. Isn't he just great? Alan, you're the best. Okay, so... At camp, like I said, we did classes. Uh, we also had like a prayer night, and they reenacted the crucifixion of Jesus, and we got to throw our, you know, sins into the fire. That Jesus just covered all of it. Uh, we had testimony night at the fire again, um, and so I just was going to have David share. Finn left the building, or hopefully just, hey Finn, do you want to come up for this part? And then you can sit back down. I know it was this is long, and camp was long. Great hustle. All right, so uh, before camp, Finn was sharing with Nicole and I that he was kind of having doubts about God and if God was real and the whole thing, which was a little bit a bummer. Um, But then at camp, we watched the Passion Play and we had done some other stuff, and Finn just had a really cool opportunity. What happened, Finn? What'd you do? Or you can yeah, yell it. Do you want me to do it? All right, great. So microphone. I decided to follow Jesus. Yeah, so so we watched the 
<laughs> okay, get out of here. So we watched the Passion Play, and after we watched the Passion Play, Marty just said that, you know, the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth and you believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you, he is, right? And so he said he wanted to make that opportunity available, and nobody moved. Like, everybody's just sitting there. And Finn leans over to me, and he goes, when do I say it? And I was like, well, buddy, whenever you're ready, if you want to say it, you can just say it. And he goes, do I yell it? And I said, however you want to say it. And then he goes to stand up, and Marty starts talking again. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah, wait. And so Marty's just like, I'm going to give it a little bit longer, et cetera, et cetera. So then Marty stops, and then Finn stands up, and he's got, like, a quiver in his voice because he's very nervous because this is a big decision. Uh, If you know Finn, he is very, uh, he's Finn. So he thinks deeply about stuff like this. This was not like a, I'm a little kid that wants attention. This was like a, he made a decision. He's still not sure if it's right, but he's going to declare it. And so he says it, and then everybody in the camp starts weeping. Uh, And it was just, it was really cool. It was very powerful. And then he and I had a conversation and I was like, buddy, I know that you said that you had doubts. It's okay to still have those doubts. Like you don't, it's not going to get, or it's going to get easier as you go. Um, and just know that that's okay. And he goes, I do have a doubt. And he's, he's crying. And so it was just a really powerful thing where he, he definitely did it. And it was it was cool to see him throughout the trip after that because there was a change. I mean, he's only eight, but there was a visible a visible change in his demeanor. So it was just a very cool opportunity. And then a bunch of other people did it after Finn. But the one that I cared the most about was, was him. So I wasn't here for, like, the whole trip, but I showed up for, like, two days. So I want to share my last year's experience. And as we were, like, around the fire pit, um, sorry, I just got, like, this sudden urge to, like, share my testimony. And, (laughs) sorry, um, it was, a I don't know, because... Um, uh, last year was, like, my first time getting, like, in this kind of stuff, and it was just, like, a moment that, like, really helped me, like, build my relationship with God, and just, like, the fire pit where all of us were just, like, together, like, sitting around the fire and stuff was a really big moment for me because I just felt this, like, sudden urge to, like, tell Kins that I wanted to share my testimony and then tell people my experience and, like, my life and stuff. And it was just, um, I, like, it was a really big moment for me and a big step in my life because I just, at the moment, I didn't really know how to, like, talk to other people about, um, getting the help that I needed at the moment. And I was really closed off. And, um, it just was a really big helpful time in my life because it was there was like different moments where I just didn't know how to really say it at the moment and I was just able to find words and it just yeah that's like my big moment that was at 
the Wyoming camp last year because I only show it for two days this year. <laughs> so Jenna, did you want to share about Prayer Night? So I'm going to kind of share about this one moment towards the end of camp. Um, and I'm going to kind of set the scene for you. So it's a big room, and it's all empty on the floor. And it's dark. There's candles everywhere. Windowsills, on chairs, just everywhere lighting up little bits in the room. And in the center, there's this big wooden cross just there with candles all around it. And in that room is everybody at camp just sitting there, praying and being silent. And that was just a very cool moment for me because I could just sit there and I felt safe. And I felt like I could just enjoy myself and pray. Jenna, got a little teary-eyed there. Uh, no, prayer night is really special. The requirement, they make a requirement, is you have to be there for an hour, um, and most of our students stayed until way after bedtime. <laughs> we were there for a long time praying, and it's cool because I've shared this in years past, but it always just blesses me so much to, you see people just sitting there praying, and then you just start to see one by one each student getting up and praying for each other, and just what a powerful moment that they're really the body, uh, it's not like we have to go in there and be like, we're the adults praying for the students. But I had other students coming and praying for me, and it was just really, really awesome. Are there any other stories from camp that anyone wants to share? It's okay if not. Do you have one more? Yeah. Okay, so my sister, Olivia, um, she's the one that sings with my dad a lot on stage. But um, she was she was on the trip, but she wasn't able to be here today. Um, so she had some things in her notebook that she wanted us to, like, read to share with you guys. Um, so this is one from camp, mostly. The entire mission trip was so good. As always, I really felt a noticeable change in myself as a person and as a follower of Jesus. And I got to learn new thing, new ways to spread his love to people. During training in Idaho, I was really worried and stressing about how I was ever going to live up to my expectations and how to become the perfect Christian. Then, all the thoughts stopped, and Jesus told me, you'll never be good enough. That was hard for me to hear, but really helpful, and made me focus on the good I was doing instead of everything I should be doing. Yeah. So once we finished at camp, we went to Tacoma <clears throat> and we stayed at a, a house. Uh, the owner of the house, his name is Gary. If you were looking at the pictures earlier, he had that sweet blue, I go, I walk and I pray shirt on. And he does every night. He puts on a sweet reflective vest and a headlamp and he takes a trash picker upper and he goes and walks his neighborhood and picks up trash and prays. He was a really a uh, weird guy. He was super cool, but just very unique. He felt that his house was a gift from God. He felt that he was the steward of that gift, and he used that gift to host mission trips. So he had a uh, four-bedroom house, and in that four-bedroom house, he slept with the leaders and himself 24 So 26 at one point. There were 26 of us in this house, he has like 
massive bunk beds. He has this pile of mattresses that he pulls out and lays on the floor when he has mission trips. It was just, it was really cool. And he, at first, we're like, it's going to be weird, like, staying at, staying at Gary's house. Uh, and all the kids were a little bit like, we're just staying at some guy's house. And we're like, yeah. Um, the YWAMers had done it before. They, our group had not done it before, but other YWAM groups had done it before. Um, and he, he, it turned out to be super cool. He was a great guy. He ministered to people in his neighborhood. He had these little papers with fill in the blanks where kids who wanted snacks, he'd like put them out on the deck and you'd fill out a little fill in the blank. He'd give you a Bible and a fill in the blank. And that was your ticket. So you did that and then you gave it to him and he'd let you have a snack. He would like see kids playing basketball and he'd make like Gatorade and then he would talk to them. And it was just really cool to see how he was just every single day building these relationships with the community and then through that sharing Christ. So it was a really, it was just awesome. Um, he was super weird, you guys, <laughs> like for real. It was cool though. Yeah. So that was our home base while we were in Tacoma. Um, one night, I feel like I should share this one night. He decided to start like, just, I feel like it was just kind of impromptu and he just started sharing his testimony. And we probably, at first it was like two kids and then it was like eight kids and then it was like 14 kids and they're just standing around and he's just sitting on a bench and they're just standing and listening and they probably listened to him for like an hour and a half just sharing who he is and where he came from and why he does what he does and it was just super cool like not a word they're just sitting and listening and absorbing this story and it was really cool to watch it was really cool he was a he was a weird guy okay Yeah, I think uh, what made this trip a little bit different, I hate to say that this was my favorite year, but it was. Um, I think some of it was that we were so close in proximity. When you're in a house, it's a little different than being in like this mega church where you get to kind of spread out and each group's kind of doing what they want. We were like forced to be together. And so it really created unique opportunities to like get close. And we didn't have time to be fake uh, and do whatever we wanted. We had to be authentic and real with each other because we were like, worn out and tired and uh he just blessed us he also was the coolest too because he says uh you know one rule i have we're like "Uh oh here come the rules and he's like do not do any dishes and so gary did the dishes the entire trip for us i just like who are you gary how can we have more of gary i don't know he's really really cool uh, so I think that made our trip a little bit different. And then David and I have been leaders, you know, doing this for three years now. And that PB&J time at camp is precious. And sometimes we get to outreach and then we get busy and real world kicks in and you stop. And this year we like told our YWAM leaders, we said, hey, we've got to make that PB&J time on outreach a priority. And so every day at camp or on outreach in Tacoma, we were setting aside the time. And I think that along with Gary's house being so uh, tight and crammed quarters, uh, really made our trip different. And so, uh, Sunday or Saturday was our first day. We got to go do outreach. And so we went to a uh, car show in gig Harbor. We went to downtown Seattle, and then we went to the Tacoma waterfront. So we were kind of everywhere that day. Uh, does someone want to share about that? I think Jenna, we had you, downtown. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of a funny story. It's not, it's a really funny story. It's not about me. It's about my friend. 
our friend Justice, he couldn't make it today. Um, but So we were down at Peg's Place Market, and me, um, Justice, Riley, and one of our YWAM leaders, Sophie, were looking at these, like, fidget rocks. They have a thumbprint in it, and you can kind of just fiddle with it in your pocket, just play around with it. And Justice found this one that said WTF. And he said, I could use this for evangelism because it could say, who's the father? Or where is the father? <laughs> um, he bought that rock. And later in the day, uh, we were near the water on the little deck area. And he walked up to this older gentleman. He described it all to us. He walked up to this older gentleman and he said, do you know what this means? And the guy was kind of like, do I tell him the truth? Do I tell him what it really means? And then Justice says, it means, who's the father, right? And the guy kind of just goes, okay, dude, and walks away. <laughs> and we were all just kind of laughing after that, like, oh, Justice. So don't preach with a rock. <laughs> yeah, that's such a Justice move. He's so bold and just willing to do anything and everything to go tell people about Jesus. So we loved that one. Um, okay. What? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Here you go. Down to David. On the flip side, do preach with rocks. So Finn loves rocks. And there was a rock seller who made jewelry out of rocks. And these are really cool rocks. Like, they're these rocks in Oregon where they find them and they cut them. And it looks like nature scenes, like birds in the sky and, like, trees. And they're super freaking cool. Finn talked with this lady for probably, I don't know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And we kept being like, buddy, it's time to go. And he'd be like, okay, now this rock here. And we, <laughs> um, and it was just really cool because he built a relationship. Like in that 15, 20 minutes, he built a really cool relationship. And she's like, if you like rocks, downstairs, there's a place that sells them. So we are like, great. So that's how I get him to finally leave. I'm like, well, let's go find it, Finn. So we go. We find it. We buy a couple rocks that he thought were cool. And then he wants to show her. So then we have to go back. And we go back, and then he talks to her for another, like, ten minutes. And then he asks, can we pray for you? Without prompting, Finn asks this lady, can we pray for you? Because that's what we're doing. We're supposed to be going out and praying for people. So he understood the assignment. And before he could pray for her, he had to get to know her and her rocks. So he, can we pray for you? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, great. Dad? And, like, just passes her right off. Like, we did it. Um, and it was cool because then she shared some stuff that she needed prayer for and some personal stuff. And she was pretty open. And I think it's because she had built a relationship with Finn. She's like, I can trust this kid. Bro loves rocks. He cares about me. And I'm going to now talk about, like, some family issues that are a little bit more big than I think if we would have just rolled up and be like, can we pray for you? So... You know, you can preach with rocks. <laughs> okay. um, do you want to share the car story, car show story one? Yeah. Okay. So um, we went to a car show, and it was the first day we were there, right? Yeah. So it was the first outreach day, and we went to this car show um, to go walk around, go pray for people, right? And we did this thing called the treasure hunt prayer, 
which is where everybody in our group um, just kind of like sits there and then like um, you ask God like what should I be looking for like simple things like what color should I be looking for should I be looking for a pair of shoes should I be looking for the gender of the person should I be looking for a hat glasses like just simple things like that um, and I got um, a bright orange shirt old man with glasses and a hat on and one of my friends who's not here today um, got uh, an older man with dark shoes on uh, I think it was a light blue shirt a hat and glasses and then my sister got an umbrella and Kins like we hadn't even like asked to be in a group together but Kins was like how about you three get together in a group we were like okay so we go out and um, so we're sharing like what we all got um, so to know what we could be looking for and we found this guy um, with a bright orange shirt on dark shoes a light blue button-up over the orange shirt, uh, glasses, a fishing hat, which was a little bit more descriptive of what my friend was um, pointing out, and he was standing under an umbrella. And so that was kind of, like, crazy because um, it was all of the things that we had prayed for in, like, one person. So we got to pray for him, which was really cool, and it actually turned out that he was the pastor at a church that we worked at for, like, three days. So that was pretty cool, but, yeah. Okay, you're just ready. Okay. Yeah, and the, the thing is, is I know it might feel like we're being long-winded, but these are, like, just, like, a fraction of the stories that happened. And so if you see these, like, students after church or the ones that weren't here uh, in the pictures, you can probably see that there's more than these students. Uh, if you see them, catch them and ask them because there's more stories than just these. So after that day, um, we then attended church at Freedom River Outreach, and the students were asked to share testimonies. Did we have seven from our group share? Eight? Oh my goodness. It was, a, it was seven. It was seven students shared that morning in front of a church that we had not been at yet, which was pretty wild. Uh, and then we went to another church in the evening. Uh, a pastor had kind of taught our kids that like, we believe that our God is a God of healing, which I think is a little bit hard. Sometimes we, we doubt that God is a healer. And so we talked through that. And then we went on outreach to a park in Tacoma. And uh, so I'm going to have Alan, what I'm calling this story is the hip, hip, hooray. Um, I was with uh, Olivia Higgins. Um, so I'm going to share what she wrote down about it because um, this was what we did together. And then this guy named Frank. One night during outreach, we went out to the lake to evangelize. I was teamed up with Alan and a really guy, a really nice guy named Frank. We got to talk to a ton of people and hand out Bibles and pray for them. Then near the end of the night, we met a 75-year-old woman named Karen. That's a nice little note at the bottom that she just wrote for me. It said, make Alan tell the story. Um, <laughs> so um, we had prayed for her some uh, and we're kind of like, she was, she, we were like kind of about to leave, but we just keep like kind of having a conversation. And she mentions how she'd had like two hip replacements and one she'd had for like 23 years. 
and it just kept catching or something she said. And so she needed to get a new one soon. And Frank was like, well, let's pray for your hip. And she was like, oh, okay. And so we like pray for her hip and stuff that it'll be healed. And she was like, oh, okay, thanks and stuff. And like, it was like, she didn't think anything of it, right? Like we prayed for her hip, but like, what's going to happen? Hips don't just get healed. Um, And then Frank was like, well, now try and walk. And so the whole time she kind of like had to lean against the car. And like when she got out of the car, she's kind of like walking against the car because apparently her hip was like really hurting her and stuff. And then like she kind of walks and like she keeps her hand on the car when she takes her first step. And then she was she like you kind of see in her face like she's surprised and stuff. So she starts getting up and just like going like this and just like walking around and like all this like moving her hips and like stuff a bunch. And, like, Jesus just healed her hips. And, like, she was so thankful for it. She thought it was so crazy. And it was so cool to, like, get to see that happen in real life and, like, see that, yeah, our God does do these things. Like, we don't just hear about it. Maybe you guys just hear about it. But (laughs) it was, sorry, it was really cool. Our group got to spend our last couple of days. Wait, oh yeah, this is Lewis. I was not here. I was, I was probably off doing something else. But it says our group got to spend the last couple of days of outreach, handing out lunches and prayer to the homeless, and we really got to connect w- with them and lead them to Jesus in practical ways. A group of a few leaders and students I was in went to pray for a man named Josiah Joshua. I I don't know. He was having a really hard time grieving the loss of his family and just seemed very sad. I got to ask him if he wanted to accept Jesus into his heart, and he said yes. I led him in a prayer, and one of our YWAM leaders brought him a Bible, and he immediately started to read it. It was an amazing trip, and all of us grew so much. Thanks, Hayden. <laughs> yeah, um, I got a text from Aaliyah that's not here. She's like, Kins, do you have your phone? I said, yes, I do. So um, I'm going to read from something. She just texted me because it's a good reminder. Before we left for outreach, we actually had like goals and things, expectations, kind of what we think this trip is going to look like. And Aaliyah had said that on outreach, she would love to see someone get saved. Bingo. (laughs) Check one, uh, that she wanted to share her testimony once. She did that twice. Uh, And then she wanted to hear God's voice, and she said, I got them all. And so just like God just providing in ways that are really, really cool. So uh, that story is from when we then the next day went to this church. uh, Fro is what we dubbed them. Uh, They had us do a class in the morning, and then we made sandwiches and then got to hand out those sandwiches and pray for people. So I'm going to have David talk a little bit about what we learned that morning. Yeah, so we're starting to run a little low on time, so I'm going to give you the abridged version. Uh, It was a lot of stuff about outreach, uh, which was really cool, and it was just some practical stuff. 
they talked about breaking chains of persecution and stuff that's holding you back. But one of the one of the cool things was they gave us some tips on like how to interact with these people. And I think the coolest one or the one that sticks out to me was if you ask somebody, can I pray for you? Statistically, they will say yes about half the time, about a 50% chance. If you ask somebody, can I bless you? It is a 95% chance they will say yes. And so he's like, if you just ask this one question differently, when you are out, you have a 45% better chance of a yes. And then we did that. And it's correct. Like, we've gone for years and, hey, can I pray for you? Yeah, half the time, if not more, they say no. Right? And then we start just saying, hey, can I bless you? And it's yes after yes after yes after yes. And so it was just practical stuff that they had found over the years because they do this all the time, like every week. When I say all the time, I mean literally every single week, at least once a week, they are going out to do this, which is really cool. Yeah, and I think one thing that you could dub as maybe uh, a reason why this ministry is uh, so good at what they do is because they have a man who actually was on the streets seven years prior, and his name's Dan, and he led our outreach groups. And so he had a relationship with these people that looks a lot different. They trusted him. And so there would be times where there'd be this person just trying to get their meal, and he'd be like, oh, no, 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 you're just going to get a blessing for me, man. Here you go. And he'd walk this person into a prayer group, and then we got to pray for these people. And so it was just really cool. Uh, a couple stories real quick. Uh, we stopped at three different locations that day to pass out sandwiches and blessings. <laughs> and uh, one of them was like a, a lot like uh, the Hope Village that we have in town here, but in Tacoma. And because the students aged, they were not allowed to go inside. So we were just asking if people would come out and grab um, sandwiches and blessings. <laughs> and there was a man there named Dean, and he was just wore um, sadness on him. Like you just saw him and he just looked sad. And so I'd asked him if I could give him a blessing. There was a big group of us. And he had said that that morning he had considered, um, I, how do I censor this? I don't think I do. Okay. Uh, he had considered uh, taking his life that morning. And he was really descriptive in the way. And he just was like, maybe I don't have to. And it was because God was there showing him that he's real and he cares about this one guy. Uh, and then we got to see him again because we went back the second day. But it was just really powerful. You go, I can see that you're sad, but I didn't know you were that sad. I didn't know that it was that bad that you had thought about, you know, being gone for real. Uh, and, and I think God, you know, allowed us to be a part of changing that man's story. So it was pretty cool. And then we showed up at the last location. And, I mean, we, I think, was it 100, over 100 sandwiches that we passed out? It was a lot of food. And we uh, gave this one woman named Tony uh, a bag. And, you know, I just asked her, you know, how's it going? And she's like, it's not going good. And we asked for a blessing. And I said, well, what can we pray for you for? And she had said she had lost her husband just like three years prior, and she lost everything after that. They owned a construction company, and then she just lost it all. Everything was gone in her material possession, and she just had no hope. And so we're praying, and I'm like, gosh, I don't have anything that relates to this person's story other than my mother-in-law passed away nine years ago. And I say, you know, I know what loss feels like, but your loss is greater. And I said, but I have a student who shared her testimony about being disappointed, that sometimes we feel like we're disappointed in who 
God is and what he does. And it was Aaliyah's story. And she talked about when she lost her mom, how she was really disappointed that it didn't turn out how she thought it would. But a little bit like Alan alluded to, our God does things anyway. He makes good out of bad situations. And she heard uh, from a different pastor that, uh, you know, there's sometimes people are like, oh, all things happen for a reason. And this pastor was like, I don't think all things happen for a reason, but I think God makes them good anyway. Right. And so it takes the blame off of God for things that are not his purposes and plans. And so she was able to have hope now because she saw that there was still good, but it wasn't because God killed her mom. It was cancer. It was this world. And so I'm praying for this woman going, man, it would be really sweet if Aaliyah was here, but there's, you know, 20 some of us back over here on this highway. I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool. And I'm like, there's this really cool student. If I just go and, <gasps> and she was, Aaliyah had just randomly walked up right behind me in that moment and then shared her testimony with this woman named Tony. And it was just like, oh God, you're so good. Because <laughs> it was exactly what I needed. I didn't, I couldn't tell it. And then Aaliyah got to do her thing and it was on her list to share her testimony I didn't remember that you know uh, it was really cool so then Tuesday we go back to this fro church again and they do something called original design prayer and it's all about asking Holy Spirit to tell us things that we are and not that we're not and so each student and us leaders all got to sit at a table with two or three adults and they uh, pray they, they don't talk to us they pray talk to God <laughs> hear things, write it down on a piece of paper, and then present those to us. And each kid got to do that individually. Uh, and I don't know if anyone wants to share about that time. Does anyone feel like they could? Yeah, Jude, you're going to be brave? Okay. Um, I didn't really, how do you say this? There wasn't like a story to it, but when we did the original design prayer, we got into this room, like, they would pray for two people at the same time, and then everyone else went up into this room, and, like, it was like the prayer night, kind of. And if you know me, crying's not really my strong suit. That's not something I do very much. And I felt God, and I cried, bawled my eyes out for two and a half hours. It was terrible. <laughs> like, like, this is the weakest I ever felt in my life. Like, Mackenzie had to help me stand up. It was terrible. To go to do the design prayer, but it was amazing at the same time. It was awesome to feel God's presence. Yeah, so each student has two, if not more, yellow pieces of paper, and I would uh, encourage you guys to ask them what's on those pieces of paper because it's truths about them and and. Uh, Jude's was, um, sorry, I'm going to share just one little tiny thing. Um, yeah, there was prayer happening upstairs, and then kids would go individually down. But for four hours, those kids were praying upstairs and worshiping. Four hours. Four. Four. <laughs> the church that we were at was like, we that's our prayer room. No one has stayed in that room for four hours. And uh, wild. On Jude's paper, though, uh, one of the things was that he uh, is a breaker of generational chains. And so there's like big things, big declarations of someone like Jude who can take things that maybe have always been this way and be different because of the God that we care about. Pretty epic. Um, and, and that's just his. Every single one of these students got a piece of paper. David and I got a piece of paper. Um, pretty amazing stuff. 
Um, so I'd encourage you to just ask, you know, different students about their story. Uh, I think it was impactful for everyone. <laughs> David kind of learned how to do it. So, of course, he's pretty epic. Um, oh, Livy's texting me. Hers is bookmarked if you want to read her original design. <laughs> We don't. We won't do that, Livy. But thank you for uh, watching, and you know, maybe uh, we love you. But she has her original design prayer too. Yeah. So we also the partnership that we got with Fro uh, is, I think, going to be lasting. Their pastor John was just incredible, and we were like, we'd really love to see original design prayer happen here in Longview, Kelso, because it, it it's just truths about who you are and then you use those to break your strongholds and it's more than just this piece of paper It was all stuff we all do, all go through. Yeah. Yeah. So God's doing some awesome, awesome work in Tacoma. And I don't think our, our friendship is done there. So really, really excited about that. Um, like I said, this was our best year yet. And I think it was some of those things that were a little bit different, but also just this group was ready. They just uh, were ready to hear from God and be expectant that he is a God that we can trust and believe in to do big things. And yes, it was camp, but it also can be Cowlitz County, right? It doesn't have to just be Tacoma or Idaho. It can be places here. And I loved Alan's like little bit of a jab at you guys that maybe you guys don't see healing, but um, it's a challenge. These are, these are teenagers who called it out, right? How more could we partner with them and do that too? Um He's on the move. God is on the move. And in a week and a half, we saw real true breakthrough. There was freedom found. And our entire group experienced God. Our entire group. There wasn't one kid that didn't. It was every single person. It's an honor to, to be one of the adults that gets to lead this trip. I'm reading a book, Praying Like Monks and Living Like Fools, and the author said this, to be entrusted with the still unfolding stories of so many is the greatest, most sacred of all pastoral privileges. And I couldn't agree more with that sentiment that I get to like get a front row seat at these kids' lives, and it's really, really epic to see what God has been doing in your lives and, and the boldness. There were so many things on this trip where I'm like, I'm the adult and I've never been brave enough to do that. I'm the adult and I've never seen that. And uh, just keep doing it. Keep pressing in. Keep sharing. Uh, keep expecting that God is going to use you guys. Uh, and church, that's for you too. It's not just for our young people. It's for our whole, our whole body. We're a family and we're in on this together. And so um, I would ask you guys to maybe stay down here for worship, and um, if people want to come up and get prayer from these guys, please do, because they're awesome at it. Um, okay, so we're going to invite worship team back up, and uh, we'll roll this up and shut it off. Thanks, young people, for sharing with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. I know 
uh, as the church family that stands behind you and, and sends you out, um, we're just so honored to be a part of the trip in that support role, and we're so proud of you guys. And, um, yeah, and just so grateful for your obedience. I, I know it's not easy. I know a lot of you had to do hard work, fundraising, and doing different things to get there. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just so proud of you guys for being who God's called you to be.